Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone and welcome to your Sunday night edition of the TII podcast. My name is Craig Dennett and I'm your host this evening and what is a very happy evening to be a Rangers fan. Joining me to talk about all the events of this weekend and look back over Rangers 3-0 win over St Johnston. We've got John Walker. How are we doing, John? Very well, very well. First time in over 24 months that a situation has occurred, so it's very nice. It is very nice indeed. We're also joined by Andy. How are you doing, Andy? Feeling top of the world, Craig, and top of the world. <laughs> Absolutely. So it was a huge weekend in the Scottish Premiership uh, this weekend as Rangers went two points clear at the top 3-0 win away to St Johnston this Sunday lunchtime um, and after Celtic drew one each with Kilmarnock on Saturday. First of all, John, I'll come to you. How do you feel after the result today and the events of this weekend? It's nice. It's it's a game that I kind of maybe hoped Celtic might have dropped points in just on current form and how well Kilmarnock are playing defensively. Um, and with the signings they made in January, it could have been a sticky sticky game for them. So having that bit of momentum this morning, uh, waking up to that game was was nice. Um, our game being as routine as it was, was was good for the old ticker. That was something I was stressing about a little bit before the game. I think I just seen a tweet bang on there that pretty much said this is the type of game that over the last five years we've more often than not given Celtic back the, the top spot. So, no, that was, it was a relief that it was so kind of boring and nothing really to cover on the negative side. Yeah, we'll delve into just how routine it was. I think there was a wee bit of time where I was a bit starting to become a wee bit concerned. Um, we weren't creating chances, etc. at a certain point. So, we'll come on to talk about that. But, Andy, there's been a lot of talk about our Rangers are, are, are top of the league and Rangers are taking back charge or taking charge for the first time of the title race sort of this season we realise we're, we're only in the middle of February there's plenty of time to go there's still 12 games to go and it's only a two point lead but what does it 
What's it mean for Rangers to be top of the league at this stage? It means a lot, mainly because of where we were three or four months ago, obviously. Um, I'll put my hands high in the sky and tell you that um, when Aberdeen beat us at Ibrox before Michael Beale was sacked, I'd, I'd flung the towel in. I didn't see it happening. You'll know yourselves, so will the viewers, they'll know that <clears throat> normally what happens is we realise it's, it's going tits up for want of a better expression. We sacked the manager and we plan for next season. Obviously, with Michael Beale there, this was going to be the earliest that had happened. But it was that bad that I didn't see, I didn't envisage it getting any better. I used to fully imagine Celtic to be a normal steam train. They had been under Ange Postacoglu, charge on to the title, and it is up to us to spend the next seven, eight months planning best we can with no money left in the budget after Michael Beale squandered it all for next season. Clement comes in, you see changes almost immediately to the kind of the, the way the personnel already there are playing. And you think, oh, you don't know here. Wait a minute, this this might might be the case, but obviously you need Celtic to stutter. They have started stuttering, but that notwithstanding, we have to go and do our job, which we are doing. So to get to this stage and finally overtake them, it's it's obviously massive. It can be can't be the same as anything else. If you want to win the league, you had to do it. Um, it's it's obviously massive, and it's to go back to what John said there. It's it's great to get it done. We can all kid ourselves on and and say. Months, months ago that you don't look at the other side of the city, you don't look at results, but we do. This is now the end of the season where you have to look at results. Yesterday, the results made today even bigger. And again, I do agree with what John said or seen on Twitter. That's more often than not, we either flung the momentum back towards Celtic. Um, I didn't see that happening a lot with you, Craig. I did find that a wee bit, we'll say, annoying at the moment that we hadn't really created much in the first half hour, if you like, today. I was expecting more out of traps especially after Wednesday night just gone. Um, but no, I can I run in the mill 3-0. I'll take that all day long and I, it's, it's massive to get you. We absolutely will. And Andy, I was I was completely there with you um, back when we lost to Aberdeen at Ibrox. I was, the tail was fully flung in and I wasn't going back to Ibrox for, <laughs> for a little while in a positive mindset. And um, that's it's amazing how quickly things can can turn around. And I think part of the positive feeling that, that we've all got as Rangers fans and why we are so together with the team as we weren't expecting this turnaround at no point back at the end of September, start of October, were any of us expecting to be in a situation four months down the line where we are actually, we've overcome the seven point deficit and we're, we're top of the league and not just top of the league on, on goal difference as uh, I guess many of us thought it might be during the week, but we're top of the league by, by points. Uh, there's a points difference between us and Celtic as well, which is a huge a huge boost to that. But let's start to delve into the game that took us top of the league. Um, John, you described it as a, an, an entirely comfortable sort of routine game. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I was I'm quite ready for that one. But let's, I think the starting lineup was the first, not surprise to me, because I know we've got a couple of huge games coming up and we'll delve into what the, what the win today means for everything and, and the, the difficult games we've got ahead with Hearts and Kilmarnock later on. But five changes to the starting lineup. Were you surprised it was as many? We saw Barisic, Scott Wright, Diomande, Cortez and Silva all coming in from the start. Were you surprised it was so many? Maybe the, the number of, but not maybe some of the personnel, because I think he has keep, keep stressing this same thing. And I'm guessing it is a bigger, wider programme around how you stop these injuries and how you fix the loading is getting all these people out of game time before it gets into European games and midweek games potentially starting to happen again. So I think I mean, you have to use your squad that's available. I guess he's looked at St Johnston in the last five games. They've not really done anything and went, this is actually a game 
it's around this again we can win with giving people that need minutes minutes and that's that's probably testament to where we are more than anything is that we're giving people it's got right a go Barisic back for injury Diamandi who's only started one game prior to that since November just giving so many squad players game time or players that we're going to use and rely on game time it just I don't know it just makes it makes it feel like we've probably got a bigger and better squad than I think we actually do um, but it's nice when you still win and you make all those changes and like I said, I know you're saying it didn't feel as routine. I think probably the pitch had something to play with that. It just maybe didn't feel as nice and crisp. There was a time when Campbell or Lundstrom gave the ball away in the middle of the park, 30 yards for goal. I think that was the only time where I kind of stopped a little bit. But I think everyone that came in was... was Everyone that came in, nobody really done anything wrong. It was just maybe people that didn't live up to any chance they were given. Yeah, I think that's fair, and um, we, we saw the comment there from Robert Robertson about um, Scott Wright, and we're going to talk about him a little bit later on. Andy, we knew it was a huge opportunity for us. Um, I actually had full trust in this team to take advantage of it, which was is not something I can say many times in, in the, the past few years when Celtic have given us an opportunity to to take hold or, or, or to, to close the gap on them. We've, we said we tend to to serve it back to them on a silver platter. But this time, I was entirely confident we would take the three points today. Um, as you've said, though, Andy, 30 yeah. minutes in, I wasn't as confident. We hadn't really created anything. Uh, we'd, we had no shots on target. Um, I was watching us trying to play football on that pitch and the ball was bobbling over people's feet and under people's feet and, and all sorts. I was slightly concerned at that point. I've gone by what you've said, you were of the same opinion at, at that point. Very much so. Um, when I seen the team being announced, I was surprised at how many changes, similar to, to John. Um, I'm not Scott Wright's biggest fan. Um, I don't think he'd done massively anything wrong, but uh, it wasn't as effective as I'd like to, to have been, if you, if you like. I'm not Borna Barisic's biggest, biggest fan, and I'm very much of the old school um, kind of ethos that you've got a winning team there, don't change. It's not like that anymore. It's, it's almost that football's not like that anymore. You've got a squad to fill. You have to keep people happy. You have to nurse injuries back to, to strength, etc, etc. I was a wee bit surprised to see Diamond start for the sheer fact that the pitch looked like a cowfield and he is quite clearly a football player. He likes the ball at his feet. He likes, to put, he likes time on the ball. He likes to pick his pass. He's, he's good at it. And he made it look quite simple in that cow field today, to be honest with you. I was very impressed with, with, with that. Um, but when it got to the kind of 30, 35 minute mark, I thought, we're not creating enough here. And this, this game has to has to be won. I'll also admit to being a wee bit old school when you when you hear the, the younger, and I'll do that in inverted commas generation, we've not had two or three goals in the first 10, 15 minutes and we're. And, and, they're, and they're getting kind of anxious. You know, I was feeling a wee bit like that. I did see a goal coming at some point. I thought we were good enough to win the game. Obviously, I was confident in the squad. I would just have liked to have, be, um, to have a few more chances early on to, to settle man errors. And obviously yours, Craig. John seems all right with it, but um, <laughs> we weren't so much. Um, but no, I was confident that the, the squad and the team would get it done. But that, again, is testament to, come on, we, we trust them now. Um, in the past, bringing in Scott Wright, Borna Barisic, football players on a cow field, you probably wouldn't be as confident. I trust the guy's judgment. I trust the guy over the 90-minute period. I think that's important. He, he possibly plans for the first half or for the first hour with changes already in mind to, to equate to the pitch, the tactics, etc., etc. And that's all That's all came from the results he's had from, from when he came in till now. So I had um, 
confidence in him getting the job done, but a few wee surprises there at the start, yep. Yeah, there was, but it wasn't long after that half an hour mark that we did, in fact, take the lead. And it was uh, Mohamed Diomande on his first start for Rangers that, that found the back of the net. Um, it was an absolute rasper into the bottom corner from, from just over 20 yards. I think, John, but coming to you first on that one, what a strike it was in the first place uh, from Mohamed Diomande. Mate, it's just, it, I mean, it's such a good strike on his, call it his weaker side because it technically is. But see the touch to set it? That's the thing I think is beautiful on that pitch. Any other attempt at a touch and he's not getting that out of his feet on that pitch, you're risking it, like you said, bobbing up off your shin, going somewhere else. See just the composure just to roll out of his feet to get that crisper strike, make sure there was no movement on the ball at all. Like as soon as he had to have a celebrate with my mate, I knew it was in. Like I knew it was so cleanly hit. It was like Campbell's against him. She just knew it was in, in the net the minute you seen the keeper's scramble. Uh, he just, that, that goal summed up. I don't know if that goal was kind of a catalyst for people starting to see what he'd already been doing in the game because he'd maybe gone a wee bit unnoticed. But I think if you watched him closely, you were already seeing, even on that pitch, I mean, I don't I don't want to make assumptions, but I've seen pictures of him at the academy in Ghana and um, the right to dream academy. Probably a bit surprised that those academy pitches he was playing on in Ghana are the same standard as SPL, but that's a different argument. But you can see he's somebody that's comfortably got lovely technique and is aware. He's not somebody that's blessed with perfect pitches. He knows how to play on a dodgy pitch and how to deal with that. And it just you could just see it. Everything just looks. I said that it was it's kind of like in a Rebo Kamara hybrid. Everything he does looks lovely and tidy. And Sifa looking like a like a stick. He's very strong on the ball. Yeah, like he does not get bullied at all and I think a couple of people have said they were surprised when they see him next to Tavernier actually the height of him as well he is he's a he's going to be I said this when we signed him mate he is going to be if he's injury free is going to be absolutely tremendous and I think today's just a little taste of that on that pitch when by the way keep repeating this he's nowhere near match fit yeah I think that's the thing obviously it's his first start for the club um Philippe Comont's been trying to build him up over the last few games it seems to be and and he, he got his, his start today and he played the 90 minutes and I was impressed by him I have to say Rangers on tour saying Diamandi looks the business but when I saw John's post about stats we have a player there Andy let's just talk about the the goal itself I guess how nice is it to see a midfielder doing that John mentioned Todd Cantwell scoring his goal against Hibs the other week Um we've got the likes of Cantwell who can do that we've got the likes of Tom Warren's that can do it as well. But it feels like it's been years since we've had players that are willing to to take shots from the edge of the box. And um, we've always been trying to, to sort of, I don't want to say tippy-tappy our way into, into goal, but almost find the perfect goal. But now we've got a few players there who can strike a ball from distance and, and can find the back of the net. It's it's just a, another string to our bow, I guess. It's, uh, it is, and it's very, very important. I think we all said it in the January break that where the kind of lack of strikers and not looking likely we're going to sign a number nine as that kind of wore on a wee bit it became more important that the midfielders chipped in what I'm enjoying seeing um, is the stats and obviously the chances Wednesday night in particular I thought against Ross County at Ibrox there was plenty of shots from outside the box okay a lot of them down the goalkeeper's throat goalkeeper made easy work of them as he probably should that's his job um, but it's, it's something that has to happen now we've got Cantwell Lawrence Diamondi can do it it's looking, it's looking ever brighter. Obviously, when you go to play teams in the bottom six, particularly in Scotland, these things are going to have to happen. You can't walk the ball into the net. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, two banks of fives. Craig Levine is famous, you know, for expected that today. You expect it at Ibrox. It's going to have to happen. And look at 
Um, was it, was Lawrence that shot from distance against Aberdeen? Cantwell followed in, am I correct? Was, yeah. There you go. So it's, it's not only scoring goals, it's, it's creating goals as well. It's, it's so, so important. Um, we'll get on to Dessers perhaps and, and Silver as, as this goes on, if we have to um, get on to Dessers. But it's, listen, if you're going to win a, a league, especially from the position we're in, with limited striker options, what with Roof's injury um, situation, Denny out till God knows when, and very, very slim pickings up there. You're going to have to ask for the, the number 10, if you like, the kind of attacking midfielder to chip in right now. We seem to have numerous options there, which is excellent, and it's not something we're used to. Um, so I, I think we make here with the sun shines here. Absolutely. Andy, John spoke a bit about the, um, what he expected from Mohamed Diamande when he when he came in. Um, what, what, what have you made of Diamande's start? He's played couple of, a couple of subs appearances and now a, a full 90 minutes. Have, have you been impressed by him? Yes, without a, without a shadow of a doubt. There's always that wee bit of pessimism in me. I don't know whether it's age or anxiety-related or Rangers-related. There's always that wee bit of pessimism that let's give it time, let's give it time. I don't want to go all in on him, but as it stands after today, I really do feel like, feel like that. He looks like he's got everything. He's so strong. John's hit the nail on the head there. For somebody so, so slim... And so tall, he's, he doesn't get bullied at all. He's, he's strong, which is very important up here. Very, very important. We've seen that. Um, we've seen that today from Craig Levine's team talk. Was obviously to hit Cantwell as hard as you can, as often as you can. That's the kind of thing you're going to come up against in Scotland. Old Scottish managers hit the ball player, hit the ball player. He is clearly a ball player. He will be targeted. So somebody who's strong can ride the tackle, can take a tackle is, is going to be so important. So you couple that with his ball playing ability, he's able his ability to retain the ball, pick a pass, and now score. It looks like he's got everything. As I say, I don't want to go all in here in case it goes tits up. But I feel go on, like Andy. Now, now, now your colours to the mask. Go I feel on. like going all in on him. And it, listen, it can't be bad. It can't be bad. Let's try and not be negative, Andy. Um, aye, I'm all in on him. Fuck it. I'm all in. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. John, no sooner had the ball hit the back of the net um, than We Shall Not Be Moved was ringing out from both ends of McDermott Park. How um, how nice was that to hear? <laughs> it's just, uh, as I said, 24 months since that old forum um, that we lost at Parkhead. That was the last time we were top of the league in 2022. I mean, that's that's mental. But even at the start of a season, there's not been a turn and fro. And it's been since that moment, Celtic have just kind of ran away and with the league so I mean I think I was one of the people that was probably overly negative about Wednesday just because of the not even so much going top of the league just because I think goal difference could be a, a real defining element to this title race and you're not going to get too many games like Ross County where you could have we, we could have walked away for that game 10-1 and I'd have been like I could probably a couple more again so it wasn't so much just the going top of the league on that day it was further down the line of going Getting a plus six, seven on Celtic could be huge, but that's us plus two now. It is that a little bit of breaker as well, because that gives you a, don't want to be negative, but that gives you a draw and a Celtic win, and you're still top with a goal difference. So if you keep just ticking that over, keeping that gap there, that two-point gap's essentially free if you keep the goal difference in there. Yeah, it, it's a relief because this is a, a tough five fixture, and St John's was the one that, obviously, that needs to be three points. That can't be anything other, because yeah. Hearts still have potential to come to Ibrooks and a job, Kilmarnock away is going to be. Kilmarnock away could Kilmarnock away could be the hardest game we face the rest of the season. Genuinely, it's horrible. 
Yeah, I, I hate Kilmarnock away normally, never mind when they're playing well. So um, I completely agree. It could well be the one of the toughest watches. And when it's a when it's an, a, a nighttime kickoff and stuff like that as well, it just kind of adds adds to all that anxiety around that. Uh, comments are absolutely fine. Please give us your thoughts. We'll try and bring up as many as we can. We'll try and discuss as many as we can as we go through the the various talking points. I've seen some come in already around Scott Wright. We spoke a wee bit about him earlier on. He was hooked. At halftime, Andy, um, Philip Quant isn't scared of a halftime sub, which I'm quite I'm quite pleased about. Previous managers, we've had to wait to 60 minutes before anything is going to change. Even even when we're doing well in winning, Philip Quant will still make a halftime substitution, and I'm a big fan of that one. We'll come on to, we'll come on to the fact that it was Dujon Sterling that came on for him in a little bit. But um, before we do that, I didn't feel like Scott Wright took his opportunity today in any way. Um is he is he had enough chances now? Do you think? Do you think that's him done and dusted? Possibly and probably, but he's going to have to be used between now and the end of the season. There was 12, 13 games left, not including cups in Europe. He will he will be used again. Um, there's absolutely no question about that. So, on my in my opinion, I think it probably should be his, his last. I did love him. Listen, I've watched him for what three years. He's been there now, two three years. Certainly over two and a half anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's he's goal at Hamden, just back from Seville, a cup to win, and he's involved in that fantastically. He's just not really spurred on from there. As I said earlier on, he's not he's never done anything wrong massively today. He gave the ball away a couple of times, but that can that can be forgiven on a pitch like St. Johnson's. Um absolutely can be forgiven. And there's wingers out there who have three, four, five bad games in a in a row. So he, he wouldn't be alone in that respect either. But he just doesn't seem to offer enough. Um, you've got McCausland there. He's got his doubters. Um, he's got his supporters as well, obviously. So it's going to be a kind of tricky one for Phil to manage from now till the end of the season. But he's going to have to manage that. Is it his last chance? Possibly should be, Craig. But for me, I think you will see a lot of them. Not a lot of them, but more of them between now and the end of the season. And he's going to have to get our support. I would love to see him kick on. But he's, he's, he's not going to. He, he would have done it by now. It's as simple as that. He would have done it by now. Um, they've got better options in there. I just hope that we don't get to the stage where there's crucial points up for grabs away from home after the split and you're kind of relying on him. He doesn't fill me with that much confidence. But until the end of the season, we we'll, we'll give him our, our support. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, absolutely. John. Uh, Ross McCausland has obviously been starting games there since mid October, early November time. Um, I think I think he's the the clear and obvious starter in that right wing position at the moment. He, he gets a lot of stick from Rangers fans. I've given him stick. 
before because I think he started coming inside too often and he's playing that simple pass back to James Tavernier a bit too much and not taking on his man. But to me, he's well ahead of Scott Wright at this moment in time. Yeah, yes, that's this is the thing that surprises me so much with him is it is that dependency to tuck inside and come inside with the ball all the time because one of the biggest things we are going to come to like about Seema, like about Seema, we're going to come to like about Cortez is the fact that they will knock the ball by somebody and go. Scott Wright does that. It's not always the end product, but McCausland seems to have all this pace and a complete unwillingness to just knock it by somebody and test them. He does what. Yeah, I felt, yeah. I felt. sorry, I was just going to jump in there. I felt like he did that the first couple of games that he played for us. The first couple of games, he was just hit the byline, cross it in, hit the byline, cross it in. And then since he's sort of cemented his place a bit more in the team, he seems to be more focused on maintaining possession and trying to find those midfield runners into the box than hitting the byline. But I think he's gone too far the other way just yeah. now. Yeah, and I think the element of you know, you're always going to have that with a young player that's never played first team football that they're going to bust onto the scene and be the next big thing and then flatter to deceive a little bit. But it's, that is just the norm. There's no real any youngsters that come on and do that consistently. Focal, have you believe that Michael Owen did that and Wayne Rooney did that? But there was massive blips in that in those in those times where the where the performances were so poor because you had such high expectations. But I still think Ross, Ross McCausland will be the right winger. Next year, we're a better team around him and he'll be better again. But I do think things like just giving him 45, 60 minutes out of the team today is what was needed because I just think I'm seeing somebody who's maybe a bit been a bit overused and we might not see the same things we've seen in the first couple of games. Maybe we just need him now to take a breather, sit out, and then have a week's rest, proper training, and then come into hearts. We might see somebody that will be going past people and hitting the byline a bit fresher. Yeah, not not to be negative on the night that we've went top of the league for the first time in in, in twenty four months, as you say, John. But um, you you mentioned before that this squad's potentially outperforming at the, their actual level at this stage, and that they are they're playing at they're they're showing better than than they actually are. Bearing that in mind, is is Ross McCausland a long term answer for Rangers in that right wing position, or do you reckon that'll be a position we look to strengthen in the summer? <sighs> I mean, I'm going to sound like an idiot because I think pretty much the last three summers I've said the priority needs to be a new right winger. And I don't think Ross McCausland's at this at the moment doing enough that I would be like, if a good right winger became available, I'd be saying, no, let's spend it elsewhere. But if there was, I still think if left-back's probably going to be solved with Hefty coming in. And midfield looks like it's packed now. Centre-forward's to be determined, because we're not going to have Silva. Daniel will be back, though. Roof's going to be gone. Depends what money's there. I, I do think that if you could get as a Seema on the right wing, that's the level of cal- and calibre of player I'd be wanting to see. But I, you don't know what Ross McCausland will kick on like. Like I, I, The Ross McCausland i seen in the B team wasn't the Ross McCausland I thought could do what he's doing just now. So with a six months under his belt of first-team football, playing in Europe, playing in big games at the old firm, Maybe over a preseason, you would see a totally different player again kick on and become yeah. a right winger. Where you're going, right? Well, that's a right winger that would have cost us three, four million. We don't need to spend that now. We've got somebody there, so I, I'd be inclined to see where else we need to spend money and let Ross McCausland have that position because I think he's probably earned it. 
yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one to to see how that plays out. I at the moment would probably have him as a, a player that comes on at 60, 65 minutes and makes an impact from there. Um can he go on to continue to progress how he has been and continue to to push on and learn? Fluke Kobonts clearly made a big difference to his game, I think, and his level of confidence, just playing in the team alongside better players, as you say, he was a completely different player he looked he didn't look up to the level necessarily in the B team but when he's come into the first team you've, he's won leaps and bounds so maybe just having that time around those better players and those higher quality players will just push him on that little bit more so that'll be an interesting one to see Andy it was I mentioned earlier it was Dujon Sterling that came on um, at right wing I think that's his fourth position maybe his fifth position actually he's played for us he's played right back left back left wing central midfield and now right wing for Rangers. Uh, we've got a comment here from Bluebells or Blue. It says, what's the panel's thoughts on Sterling being used as almost a utility man? It's never a good thing for a player to end up in that role, but he seems to do well anywhere we play him. I am uh, a huge admirer of Dujon Sterling. Um, I wasn't sure um, when we when we first bought him. He was coming in as a, as a right-back. Obviously, James Tavernier has got that role cemented. I don't think anyone's going to going to nudge him out of that role. So I was a bit wary about well, where's he going to get his, his game time. He came into the team towards the end of, of the last calendar year and he was he was really making an impact in the, the central midfield role, no more so than in that Viaplay Cup final where he had an absolute stormer uh, against Aberdeen. I think he's such a promising player. Um, but is, what do you make of him being used as a bit of a utility man just now? Very handy to have at the business end of the season. Very, very, very handy to have somebody who can slot into these places probably worth noting at this moment though that we might not start him at number nine judging by that header he missed early on in the second half um, that is that should have hit the back of the net it's as simple as that a good number nine would have stuck that away no problem so we'll leave the number nine out for him at the moment but listen see you have somebody who can fit so seamlessly into all these positions um, it's fantastic now he's not going to go and set the world on fire in all these positions because they're not his but for somebody who can go and do it I didn't think he was Overly effective away to St Mum, left wing, when he played there. He's been so effective at centre midfield and beside Lundstrom. Actually, sometimes I've read and could have been of the opinion a couple of times that our best holding two midfielders together would be Lundstrom and Sterling at one point. That's all changed now, obviously. Um, but to come on today for, for the right wing, it's for sorry even to, to, to go off a tangent here, but when Lawrence came on, um, I fully expected it to change a wee bit into him going to centre midfield, you know, and him going out to the right wing. But for somebody who can come on and do that and be effective, that's the key here is to be effective when he comes on to do it. And he is effective. He won as the, the first penalty, um, creating a wee bit here and there. He's got the kind of, he's got the ability to, he's kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? He's strong. He's strong on the ball. He doesn't get shoved about. That's what I'm looking for. So he does fit into all these places. I wouldn't have gambled on him being an effective right winger, but if he went on and done it today, then that's fine. And as I said before, you've got to trust Clement. If Clement sees it, you go with it. He's given us absolutely nothing to doubt him so far. So I go with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's, it's always impressive when you see a player doing whatever, he, whatever the team wants him to do or needs him to do. Um, I do think we need to find a single position for him to settle in. And I, I think that's what he want as a player himself. John, what have you made of, of Dujon Sterling and his impact on the, the squad, not only today, but but this season? 
It's helped us out. It's got us through a, a pretty rough spell, to be honest, being able to play in different areas. I mean, I don't I don't think he's great in wide areas. I think we've kind of touched on that. Yeah. I, I, I think his physicality's helped in midfield at times. I don't think he has the preferred two. I, I kind of it's been excellent what he's done over that spell of ten weeks that he was being relied upon. I just don't see where Sterling actually fits in now to the team yeah. because all his positions are kind of clogged up. Um so I think it's one of those frustrating ones where we're going to look back at a season-defining period where him in midfield or him playing the wing was what got us back in a title race. But thank you very much. Enjoy the bench a little bit just now and see out the last 15, 20 minutes of games for us in positions that we need you to, which is class. There's players that have made careers out there. I don't think that will be the end story of his career, but I think for the rest of the season, he's going to be a player that's going to be relied on seeing out games. And, and that will be the, the extent of it. I think it's easy to forget how young he is as well still. He's only 22, I think it is. He may not even have turned 22 just yet, but he's still got plenty of growth to come. You can tell he's a, a really good footballer. It's just finding his place in the team. And I, I do think the way that uh, Fluke Clermont is is starting to buy some players, the likes of Diomande, the likes of um, Cortez, I think he's going to change how we set up a little bit when it comes to the summer and start to buy players so that our midfield doesn't, quite have to have two sitters um at all times um so i think that'll be interesting come the summer and that might actually open up an opportunity for dujon still and going forward john Lundstrom's form probably probably puts puts him a bit further down the pecking order than than he might have been and i i i for one hope that john Lundstrom will sign a new contract um at least for another year if not two years for that one not quite the 10-year contract that kyle was was thrown out there um, a couple of weeks ago, but um, definitely at least one or two years. Um, but looking at the second half, John, we've obviously touched on the first half already. Looking at the second half, I felt we were comfortable. Um, Fabio Silva came into the game a bit more. He had a chance right at the start of the, the second half where he got across his man really well. I kind of felt today was probably more of a, just because of the pitch, it was more of a Dessers style game than a Fabio Silva one. But I thought Silva came into into the game a bit more. Um, do, um, Cyril Dessers came on with 15, 20 minutes to go, could have had another hat-trick. And I, um, could have just, could see that every game he could have a hat-trick, the number of chances he has, but um, didn't quite have it. Um, I've seen loads of people wondering what goes through Cyril Dessers' head when he's driving through one-on-one -on -one with a goal. He seems to he seems to slow down to walking pace quite a lot. What did you make of that? period though it started to get a wee bit nervy I guess as we got to the last 15 minutes just because you don't you're only one now up and we saw what happened to Celtic yesterday but it, we did seem comfortable in that period without actually finding the back of the net yeah I think one of the hardest things to do when you're watching football games and as football fans is you compare moments of games that never happened I think because the game's won now and St Johnson are trying to score goals Dessers then starts getting chances that Silva never got because the game was so tight while Silva was on the pitch I used to remember when Paul Le Guin first came in and Chris Boyd but never played the first game, but we created like 30 chances away at Motherwell. And I was like, imagine this, imagine this team when Chris Boyd's in this team. And then you forget that when Chris Boyd's in the team, you're not going to play the football that was happening when it was yeah. Purcell and before. I just thought that's what happened. Dessers came on to a game that opened up wildly and got three very easy chances that Silva had to work his arse off for to get anywhere near. And I think that's just why people are so drawn to Silva, because him... Him and Campwell are on a different wavelength from anywhere else in our team. I think yeah. Diamondi's going to be one that slips into that. Tavernier will slip into that as well. But they are, there was a moment where I think Scott Wright tries to play the ball into Campwell 
but the right pass is Silva going on the outside the left of him in the first half. And Cantwell's creating the space for him and he tries to play it to Cantwell and Cantwell's never the pass. And you are just, that was the reminder for me that just goes, some of these players aren't functioning at the same level as a Silva, yeah. Cantwell. And I think that's what Dessers is for me when he plays with those players as well. And I, I think you can kind of see some players get frustrated with him, as, like Cantwell especially. I just think that's what you're kind of seeing. And that's, not to go back to Sterling, but I think that's what I really like about Clement is it would have been easy if you're Sterling's 10 weeks since he's came in and go, we've got a pretty solid two in midfield here. But he's kind of ruthless and went, yeah, but it's not going to be good enough to, for what I want to do. Yeah, like Sterling's fine, but he's not what I want. I want better. And I think that's just the, the same with Silva. Dessus is okay. Dessus will score goals in this league, but he's not going to get us where we want to go. Need to bring in Silva. And it's just, I like that ruthless streak of, yeah, Dessers, you're fine. Yeah, you're going to score two goals against Ross County. I'm going to moan each did five. Today, you didn't cost us a game. Everyone knows my opinions on him. My biggest issue is he's going to cost us a title if we keep putting him in critical positions, like in the old firm. He missed that chance that he missed twice today and that he missed against Ross County in a vital old firm game because he doesn't have it in him to care enough. It just feels like it's, he's got, I think I've said this before, he's got that mentality of, it's quite nice that he brushes misses off, but it also seems like it doesn't hurt him enough when he does miss. Yeah. There, there needs to be like a fine tune in there that he should be furious that he's not walked off for a double today. And that's just, and I've seen Silva when he missed, to go back to your point, Silva's chance that he's missed where the keeper saved the volley. He was throwing his hands in there and was furious that he'd missed it. And I'm like, exactly. Like that doesn't mean you've ruined your game and your confidence is shot, but you're pissed off that you missed a half chance at goal. And, if he'd got Dessers, three chances he would score, two of them, as far as I'm concerned. And that's just, that's the difference in quality. Yeah, I think you've, I think you probably perfectly outlined there the difficulty Rangers fans are having with Cyril Dessers because he's scoring the goals, he's he's, he's making an impact on games, he's um, creating chances for, for other players, but then you see him running through on goal, one-on-one, on one, two or three times a game. And he slows down and the, the defender catches up with him or he just fluffs the chance, he hits it straight to the goalkeeper. And you're like, you can have so many more goals than you than you currently have for us and you should have so many more goals than you currently have for us. Andy, how do you sit on the serial Dessers thing? Because I think he's made such a positive impact on this season, but he's such a frustrating player at times as well. He is. I stand exactly where you, you and John are with it. Um, he's not got that ability just to, to finish it, if you like. What he is good at, you said, he, he slows down as he runs towards goal and gets kind of clean through and lets defenders catch him up. He's he's fantastic at holding that defender off, though. He's, still, he's, he's got that ability. How's he not got the ability to slot at home? The, probably the easiest part. You've got a defender who, whether you like it or not, when they play Rangers and Celtic, they, they're being for blood. They're, they're, they're doing everything they can to stop you from scoring. That's their, their only job. He holds them off. Often at ease. Often at ease. And it, it fluffs the fluffs his lines for, for the for the last part. I wouldn't like to rely on Cyril Dessers to get us from now until May to win a league. That's where I stand on it. Um he will score goals. He will definitely score goals. I mean, it was he three for three there after the break with Dumbarton and, yeah. and, and Hibbs, etc. Good goals. That's absolutely fine. We can't rely on him. It's as simple as that. And with John as well, he doesn't seem to get angry enough. I thought that was changing. Um sitting at Ibrox on Wednesday night. It was, I can't remember which chance it was because there was so many. It was bloody furious, 
with somebody else. Obviously, he was furious at himself, though. Yeah, it, it was Matondo. Aye, Matondo was claiming he should have squared it back to him, which he probably should have done. In yes, that one. Um, so if it is yeah. that one, I totally, I, I totally agree then. But I thought, well, here we go, we're getting a bit of passion now. This might spur him on a wee bit, you know. Um, but again, today he comes on three three chances, two, two really good chances, three all in. I think that... Um, it should have really hit the back of the net. So to, you can't rely. You can't rely on a number nine for Rangers to win your league doing that. It's as simple as that. And and Clement is right to think, yes, you you do. You do a job. You are good enough to play in Scotland. But I want that bit more. I want to win this league. And he's went out and he's, he's got silver. So we're going to have to have to use him far more, I think. Um, there's definitely a place for Cyril. We love an underdog. We love somebody who changes our mind. And he has, to an extent, he's got the ability, I think, to do it more. And then with our full backing, God knows where he could go. He could just keep going on the up. We could have him for his full contract and he could be a top goal scorer. That could happen. It, it could happen for Cyril Dessers. As it stands now, I don't think it will, but it certainly could. Um, but when it gets to this end of the season, 12, 13 perhaps games left, no, you don't want to rely, rely on him. I'm so so thankful that we've got um, Silva to kind of fall back on with that. Danilo... I'm hearing wee rumours that he's going to be back before the end of the season. I'd love to see that, um, but you're not going to you're not going to get the best out of him. He's only going to come back for three or four games. You know he's not going to be up to full fitness. So, in my opinion, as it stands now, it's got to be silver over Dessers for me. But I'd love him to change my mind. Yeah, to be honest, I think we're going to have to rely on Cyril Dessers and Fabio Silva to the end of the season. I'm not counting really on Danilo or. Roof. there's a name that's not really mentioned that much anymore um, coming back into the fold before then so I think it is going to be those two but I've been really encouraged by not only the the December period that the, the two of them put together but um, the Dessers put together sorry um, and then Fabio Silva joining just at, at the end and since that winter break the, the way the two of them have kind of dovetailed a little bit in games um, to, to get us through I think it's been it's been really positive and it'll very much be a horses for courses choice from uh, Philippe Clement. Some games Cyril De- will, be, will be better suited to Cyril Dessers and some games will be better suited to, to Fabio Silva and I think that's just how it's going to be all the way through until May. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No John, we were speaking a bit before we came on around the penalties um, that Rangers got today. We got two in, in quite a short space of time, um, which I'm sure delighted everyone in Scotland. Um, we uh, Both of them were stonewallers. To be fair, and in, in my eyes, the referee didn't give any of them. Both required um, bar intervention. What did you make of the fact? Because the referee looked like he wanted to give them both. If that makes sense, like he looked like he was about to blow his whistle for the first one. He's, he's he looks at his linesman for a, a good 10-15 seconds before he waves play on, almost expecting the linesman to to give it. Why do you think that is? Do you reckon it's just referees are are just using the safety net? of VAR to make sure they get the correct decision. Yeah, and it's one of my biggest concerns about ripping this technology away is the last year of encouraged refs to stop doing their job. It it, it is actually that simple. Linesman, stop doing your job. Stop raising your flag when it's an offside. We'll check it in VAR. 
flag if you think it's offside after the move. Referees, don't worry about making decisions. We'll find it in VAR and we'll solve it there. It's wasting the time, though. See when we see this added time, it's because it took three minutes to give us a penalty, a small penalty. See if the ref gives that first one and it goes to VAR. It's checked once and the ref's told he's made the right decision and we get on with the game. We get the penalty, rightly so. That ref's just been promoted. That ref's a UEFA elite referee now. He'll be Scotland, one of Scotland's representatives, potentially at the Euros and in the Champions League next year. He was fucking hopeless today. And he's one of the best that we have in this country, apparently. It just infuriates me. In, this, in the second one, I think I said this as well, he is looking straight at it. He's five yards away. The guy's arm is well extended from his body and it very clearly hits it. They are told not to make decisions. They are told to not do their job and see if they drop down to a championship game. What is the standard of refereeing in the Scottish Championship if any of these guys go down to that league where they don't have far? You're ruining what needs to be done. Just make the decisions on the pitch and see if you've got it wrong. They'll tell you you've got it wrong and we'll fix it. It's 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 that that's the part that's killing at. I don't like VAR, but I'm all right with it if the refs still do what they're doing. But you can very clearly see now there is a let let it go, let it go, and we'll fix it later. And that's that's just no helping. That like that was just a waste of time. That was I don't mind that he looked at his linesman by the way because the linesman is on that side and is looking straight at it. So maybe he has went. Did you have a better angle of that? The fact two of them have done nothing, and it's a third person that's had to go. We need to check that now. It's baffling to me. I just don't know how you ever go back now. Yeah, I think to play a bit of devil's advocate, the second one, you can see a little bit why the referee was maybe in two minds. It happens quickly. I think he's in a good position, to be fair. He, he points as though it's hit the guy in the back. But I don't see how you I don't see how you see that when you see the replay. But um I hand the handball rules just up in the completely up in the air and no one's quite sure. But that first one, I don't know how the referee's not in the right position or if his views blocked fair enough, but I don't know how the linesman doesn't give that. And and this is where this is where we're getting really frustrated because I argue I argued till I was blowing the face over the whole new year period with my Celtic mates about the penalty that wasn't given. And they were constantly saying things like you're arguing about the right decision being gotten to them. We're like, yes, but at some point they're going to make the mistake because they're not following simple protocols. They have a simple way of doing things. And if you follow them, Rangers would have got the penalty for handball. We would have found out it was offside. The decision would have been got to. It would have been fine. But because you're not making decisions at the time you might be making decisions, there's potential for all this kind of uproar of going, why have Rangers been given a penalty in VAR? And you go, VAR doesn't exist. That penalty is given every day of the week. It's never missed. The same with the handball. They are deliberately not making decisions, and then we are discussing VAR rather than discussing this weird directive that they've not to raise the flag, they've not to give fills. Don't worry, VAR will fix it. VAR will fix it. VAR will fix it. VAR's meant to fix mistakes. It's not meant to do that. It's not meant to do your job. Yeah, I think that's what's been lost in terms of VAR is there to correct any clearing obvious errors. That was what we were told when it first came in. That's what we're told in terms of um, any 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 decisions that are dubious. It's only clearing obvious errors um, and actually referees are using it to almost re-referee games by TV and that's not what that's not what we want. And actually what I think we're seeing more and more is that, like you say, John, referees are letting fouls go in the box and things like that and just expecting VAR. But they're actually starting to let the fouls go in the middle of the park as well where VAR won't intervene and that's making a, a, a real difference, especially for... A, for ourselves and in, in the Scottish League, where teams are trying to chop you down and teams are trying to be physical and teams are trying to and to, to, to get at you any way they can. 
and sorry to interject, but that's exactly it. So today, uh, St. Johnson committed 22 fouls against us, which is the most we've had all season. Six of them were on Todd Cantwell, who ended up going off injured. So see this at allowing stuff to go. It's five minutes in the penalty box that will be fixed. They're doing it in the middle of the park for a lot of fouls often, and it's going to start causing people getting away with five, six, seven fouls before they're booked because they're not doing anything about it. It's a huge issue for me that we are literally encouraging refs because at the level I coach and the level I'll be coaching, we don't have that. We don't even have assistance sometimes. So these same refs need to be dropping down tiers that don't have the footage. It, it's just a mess. And see when I get told off a couple of pals that this guy is our next elite ref. Our refereeing's miles away from where it needs to be. Miles. I think there are a lot of countries that could that could say that though. I watch Serie A, I watch La Liga, you see some of their refereeing performances and you're just like, what is, what is going on here? <laughs> um, thankfully, Andy, two penalties were eventually given, correct decision for both. Um, James Tavenier stepped up for them for them both and, and smashed them into <clears throat> one into the top right-hand corner, one into the top uh, left-hand corner. Three now to Rangers, job done, ahead on points, ahead on goal difference, but so impressive again from James Tavernier, isn't it? It's it's just it's it's fantastic. Always wonder. It's always interesting to see the penalty kick taker take the second penalty of the game <clears throat> to see what he does with it. I always find that very interesting. He was asked after it um, if he knew what he was going to do, and he admitted he said I knew what he was going to do with the first one. The second one was kind of off the cuff. I suppose it's got to be because he'll do his research to where the keepers the strongest at saving penalties and shots. The keeper will do the same for James Tavernier. So it's a kind of Game of chess, if you like, so I can understand that. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be negative on the night the Rangers go top of the league in, in a title race. But I'm already thinking, and it's probably just my age, he's, we're going to have to think about replacing this guy sooner or, or later. He's, he's not getting any younger, and he's he's fantastic. I'm well on board the Tav train, the Hall of Famer, um, from what he's done for, for the club, the, the, the Europa League run the goals, the assists, it's, it's just absolutely fantastic. Um, but he's not getting any younger. He's going to have to be um, replaced. And that's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all. To lose somebody who offers as much as James Tavernier um, is going to cost you a lot of money, unless you're incredibly lucky. Unless you're incredibly lucky, it's going to cost you a hell of a lot of money. But um, today, just again, two penalties. Get some, how many goals? 120 goals now for Rangers. For 120 right goals. That's a nice wee segue you give me there, Andy. 120 goals um, equal John equal John Gregg's um, record for the highest scoring defender in Rangers history. I imagine he will very quickly um, go past that and become officially Rangers' highest scoring defender in, in its history. He's also the third highest. I saw the wee stat on Sky Sports today. He's the third highest Rangers scorer since 2000, which is quite incredible in itself. He's currently four goals behind Alfredo Morelos. And he's kind of like 18 goals behind Chris Boyd, who holds the record at 138. It's just a phenomenal return. And like you say, Andy, we're going to have to replace him at some point. Hopefully not for a couple of years yet. Um, but it's quite an incredible tally, isn't it? I'll stick with you, Andy, for that one. That is. I mean, I could, he, could, he could break all the records. He could break John Gregg's next week. Um, he could break who else, uh, could, Alfredo Morelos. He could break that in the next month yeah. and if he's still in form next year Chris Boys is in danger it's as simple as that so to come from a, a right back and a uh, and the captain it's, it's just phenomenal now I will go back to under Michael Beale there was games 
where I was just as furious as everybody else in that stadium because of the time that was wasted for him coming to take shies and and blah de blah. But that that's not that's not Tav's fault. I think that's down to the, the coaching at the time, Michael Beale's coaching at the time. I really do. I've been vocal about him negatively in the past. We all have. I'm quite sure we've all muttered a for goodness sake, Tav, or, or perhaps more colourful words than that. Um, but to do what he's done for us. Um, it's fantastic, and I think it's probably fitting that he scored a brace in the, the 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 night we go top of the league in this run. I really do think that's quite fitting, and I'm delighted for him. Yeah, absolutely. Aldo Aidan's come in there, 247 goal contributions from the captain in his time in Rangers, 120 goals, 127 assists, which is quite incredible, even given how much we dominate a lot of games. Um, it's quite an incredible stat. John, looking at the, I guess, we finished the game three 0 winners, two two points ahead at the top of the week. Now, psychologically, what does that do for this team? Do you think? Well, this is the biggest thing because we're now in the lead, and the last time we had a, a lead so slender, we lost it to Celtic, um, and they went on a run. The, the the thing going for us just now is people tell, people try and pretend momentum isn't a thing. We are very much riding away from momentum here, and we're fully on the up. I, I've seen. In a weird way, in hindsight, it was kind of nice to lose to Celtic now that we don't have that unbeaten run tag constantly over Clermont. Oh, he's unbeaten since he came in. He's unbeaten. That kind of removed that, and he very much bounced back and went, we were always going to lose a game. It doesn't really affect what we're doing here. We're going to do the same thing, and we've won every game since since that break, and he's added his players. It's a different mentality thing, but he's kind of, for the player, for us, we'll be carried away and we'll start bamming each other up. We're, fran- we're mates in group chats and on Twitter. But you know the players, he's dismissed that already. We just need to win games. We just need to win the next game, win the next game, win the next game. And I think we said this when Clement came in. It was the first time we'd had a manager that felt like Walter Smith's stature. It felt like somebody you went, right, okay, right, cool. And that's just continued. Like It feels like it's very abrupt. Everything's very simple. If he gets asked something stupid, he answers it very abruptly. And everything he says is right, everything you want to hear. Um, and it's annoying because you start to fall in love with a manager and it's that normally that normal that could end badly. But I do, I think he'll keep everyone level headed and I and I think what we will see is the people that were there during fifty five, Tavernier and Golden will start to put their mark on players that haven't seen a run like this go forward and haven't won a title before and just keep everyone grounded and push everyone on. I think we just need to keep going. And I think the, we've, get, we've got the two biggest chat. It's the best and worst two games we could have had to follow up. We've got the end, we've got the second best form team in the league in Hearts coming to Ibrox next week. And then we've got the third best form team away right after that. So this is like your acid test. On you go. Are, are we fit to stay top? We're going to find out because we're going to have to beat the third and, third, third and fourth best team in the league. Yeah, absolutely we are. Sticking with you, John, just for this one. Because you've, you've spoken about what it does for us. What does it do to the team on the other side of the city? Probably the same thing it had done for us when Postecoglou took over Van Bronckhurst. We were kind of feeling that wave was hitting, um, building up to that old firm. I think we needed to play Celtic before that winter break that year. And I think the results when we dropped to Ross County, dropped to Dundee United, I think most of us knew we were on a hiding when we went to Parkhead and it fell that way. And I think the minute they took the lead, most of our fans were like, we're not getting that back. I don't see how we catch them on the dip in form that we are having. The weird thing for us at that point was we were in the middle of a European run that was taking us to a final. But they don't have that. 
I, I don't see with the, the thing they've got is there's a lot of negativity surrounding him. They it was so bad when he left. It, it looked good when he first came back, but now they've got something to put pressure on. So with every time we win a game, we can look at their results. Last two times they've played Motherwell, they scored in the 97th minute to beat them at Fur Park at the start of the season. Mugabe equalised in the 93rd minute at Parkhead after they had just took the lead with their second penalty of the match. Kettlewell maybe has a little bit of a number over how Rogers likes to play. If we were to go and beat Hearts on Saturday, I would... I'm out on Saturday night, so I'd very much happily wake up with that hangover on Sunday and stick on the Celtic game and hopefully watch something horrible happen and just see the, the negativity continue. <laughs> yeah, I think um I think we're all of I think we can all agree in terms of it feels like we're riding the crest of a wave at this moment in time and it feels like they're going completely the opposite direction. And there's too many times in the last few seasons we can give examples of when it's been flipped around and we've been on the opposite side of that. So um, so we're absolutely um, riding that crest of the wave. And the, the, the support and the team are very much together. Um, it feels, um, Fluke Comont spoke to us in a press conference um, the other week, it might have been after Aberdeen, um, where he spoke about the synergy between the fans and the uh, and the players, and we've seen it a lot in recent games where the fans, uh, where the players are actually gesturing to the fans, and and and, and everyone's get getting behind everyone else, and it's really making, it's really making a difference. John Sutter spoke about how how important that can be in games at Ibrooks, having the crowd behind you, and how much of a difference that can actually make, and to to make sure that no one underestimates that it does feel to me anyway like we have the stomach for a title race is that do you get that feeling yes i do 100 percent um with a, a subheading there that let's wait and see on saturday because saturday is going to be a very very hard test it's going to be the hearts are absolutely no mugs is it unbe- um, unbeaten the nine one seven in the trot something like that um they're coming to ibrox next and it'll also what that will do is we'll see uh, Clement's favoured starting eleven. It's there will be no resting. There will be there will be nothing taken for granted. There'll be no chopping and changing. In my opinion, I think it will be strongest starting eleven for obvious reasons. Um, to have the fans backing is something. That, obviously, when you've got a stadium the size of ours, it's massive. Not only can they they hear the cheers and hear the singing and getting behind them, they can hear the the, the negatives, which can happen. As we've all seen at the start of this season, it's so um, so easy to get embroiled in that. So to have the fans back on side, that's that's testament to come on again. That's because of the football we're playing, the results he's getting. It's as simple as that. We only react to what we see in front of us. So if it's poor, you'll hear us. If it's great, you'll hear us. So as much as him saying he need a, he needs us, he's got to do his job in order to have us, and he is doing. He's absolutely doing that. When Todd Cantwell came off today, I, I loved seeing him with a wee uh, kind of chinwag he had with Todd Cantwell coming off. Basically letting him know why he was coming off. You don't see that with a lot of managers. I'm really all for that. And he's quite good at showing that he does that. And that gets the fans on side as well. The synergy between fans and the team right now is absolutely fantastic. But as I say, Let's wait to see next Saturday because it won't be plain sailing next Saturday. It's as simple as that. This Hearts will come and attack us. They will come and attack us, and they have got the ability and the potential to score and first. So let's let's wait and see what happens next Saturday if that happens. But as it stands right now, he's definitely got us on side, and long may that continue. Yeah, John, we're fast approaching the hour mark, so just a final 
question, but it's one that's been raised quite a bit in the comments um, by a few different people. So I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. We're obviously, we're still in three competitions at this stage. We've been, um, we've been focusing a lot on the league. The Scottish Cup's kind of taking care of it, taking care of itself in the in the early stages. Um, we're about to come into a point where Europe becomes a factor. We're in the last 16 of Europa League, um, which is easy to forget because it feels like so long ago that um, that we had that night in, in Seville and beat Betis. But we are in the last 16 of Europa League and very shortly in the next week or two, we'll find out exactly who we're going to face. Um, in that last 16, I think the the first leg we're away, uh, the first leg we're probably going to be away because we're seeded um, for, for the draw. Um, and then the Sunday is when we play Hibs away in the Scottish Cup. How big a factor are, is it as playing in all of these different competitions as we get to the business end of the season going to be, do you think? I don't want to go to Carabag, that's that's for sure. <laughs> um I, I do I, I don't think it really matters. I think players are well versed in how you recover. I think that Christmas period kind of showed that in our European form before. I think it actually helps. I think it kicks people on, it gives people that little boost because you're kind of getting the, dang, the dangle of the carrot as to this is why you join Rangers, is to play in Europe. But also to do that, you now need to go win the leagues, you need to go win the Cups to make sure we continue to do that. I think it's just that. And I think for the fans as well, it builds that atmosphere. I think that's probably, because if you look at the Van Bronckhorst, when we were falling away for the title, one of the things that kept the atmosphere going in those league games was the fact that we still had Europe. There was a whole wave happening side by side. So there's an element of that. It's just exciting. Like It was weird watching the Europa League on Thursday and being like, we're not playing because we did so well. We're already in the next round. Um, so I'm already kind of like jealous that I don't have a European game to go to this weekend. Um, but I just think it will help everyone because that's the reason why Raskin, Devon, De Cantwell, Silva, that's why they've came here. They've not came here to play in Barton. You know what I mean? They've came here to literally play in the biggest competitions. I'm just buzzing to see who we get. And I think it will. I think he's using the games just now to make sure that the European squads can be amended, the league squads can be changed by everyone that's ready and firing. Yeah. And Paul McGarrigo has kindly just confirmed that the draw is actually this Friday. So not too long away to see who who we've got. And I'm sure a few people will be booking up for a wee away trip from that as well. But I think, we'll, we're, as I said, we're fast approaching the hour mark. So we'll round it off there. Thank you very much to John and Andy for joining us this evening. Thank you very much to you all for listening um if you've enjoyed the content please drop a like on the video it really does help us please subscribe to the tii youtube channel more people who watch us don't subscribe than subscribe so well, let's get let's fix that and actually um increase our, our subscriber numbers you'll get a notification every single time we go live or we upload a new video it's the easiest way to to make sure you don't miss any of the tii content so click that subscribe button and uh, you'll get to enjoy all of that thank you very much everyone for joining us and until next time goodbye sports social podcast network Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.